Welcome back, Nexus Church Family Online. Now, if you're just joining us a little bit late, it is an honor to have you watching us today. And as I was preparing for this week's message, I came across a passage that honestly blew me away. It impacted me so much that I knew I had to share it with you today, and it is my hope that this message won't just be for some Sunday morning, but that this will be a timely message that we can apply for years to come. Now, I would like to begin by asking you this question. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being really bad, how polarized would you say our country is today? Or maybe, I should add to it, how polarized would you consider the church today? Now, some of you may not think that it's all that polarized. You've lived a long time and you've seen this happen for, for decades the rise and fall of different opinions and, and the thoughts that can just go awry. But I think everybody would agree that we are living in one of the most polarized times in all of history, if not the most polarized. You see, the, the polarization or the differences is unending. We have the difference of politics, of the belief of whether one side is right or the other side is right. If you're on one side or the other side, the other side is horrible, and you can't say anything good about it. It could be on face masks, whether we should wear them or they're horrible for us. We have differences on, on vaccines and whether we should vaccinate or not. We have differences on opinions on racism, and either you're on one side or you're not. There's not a whole lot of middle ground. I mean, there's even differences in opinions on schooling and how to even run a church, how to raise a family. I think you get the picture. The list goes on and on. The difference of opinions has become so vast and so polarized that if you believe one certain side, the other side is almost horrible, evil people. We can't see the good in them. And my heart breaks Every time I read a post by people I know who love Jesus, and I know they're going to be with him someday in heaven. But it breaks my heart when they post unchristlike statements to those who have differences in opinions. Or maybe they don't go on somebody else's page and comment on their thoughts, but they put out things that absolutely make the other side look as if they're demonized, like they're the enemy. We should never be like that. That is not Christ-like. And in fact, as I've, as I've been pressing in for the last six years as the pastor of our church, I continually have been pressing into how can we unite? How can we be like John 17 and, and show the, the love of God through unity? through trying to come together and trying to proclaim the love of Jesus to those who don't know him. But yet as I have surveyed our current situation, I, I believe that our church as a whole, the big C church, has a massive dilemma on its hands 
that could absolutely destroy what Jesus came to do. And that is to seek and to save the lost. We are on the edge of destroying the unified body of Christ because of our lack of love and care. And we've been, in one word, distracted. We've been distracted by a lot of important things, but not the important thing. We've, we've lost sight of Christ. Not that your politics are not important. Not that, you know, trying to fight for the life of the unborn isn't important. All these things are very important, but when we lose the sight of Christ as the forefront of what we're about, we've lost why God has left us here on earth to seek and save those who have yet heard of the name Jesus and understand the gospel message that he delivered, that we have life, eternal life, because he provided a way. You see, if you are a follower of Jesus today, if you call yourself a Christian, we must understand that God did not leave us on earth to make us or make followers, I should say, of a political party or a point of view. Jesus has called us to be followers of him and to make followers of him. I love Leonard Ravenhill, a powerful, I don't know what you would call him. You could call him an evangelist. You could call him a prophetic man. Whatever he was, he was a passionate man. And he lived, now seems like forever ago. But he had a powerful statement that I really feel like, like was really the center of where we're trying to go today. And he said years ago, the answer to the national dilemma is not the oval room of the White House but it is the upper room of God's house. That's where change happens. And we as Christians, as much as we want to be in the, in the political realm, as much as we want to be in the educational realm, we have to have people there to create change in those areas. First and foremost, we have to understand that it comes from a relationship with Christ and we must drive everything towards Jesus not a man thought, Jesus-centered. And so today, we must understand and value differences in theological and social viewpoints that are grounded in Scripture. We must celebrate that there's different opinions because anything that's apart from what Jesus said is our thoughts, right? Whatever's in this Bible is coming from a man's understanding. So we must have room for differences of opinions because not everything I think and not everything anybody else thinks is going to be 100% truth. Only thing that we know is truth comes from God's word. And that's where we must focus our attention on. But today, we need to understand as we read Scripture, that everything in Scripture points to Jesus. Everything. 
everything in the Bible leads up in the whole Old Testament. Everything that we read in the Old Testament leads up to Jesus. In the letters that we read from Paul and Peter, we read the story of how we as a church should point to Jesus. And then ultimately, we read in Revelation how Jesus is coming back. Everything points to Jesus. And so today, we want to read what does Jesus call us to. In particular, we're going to be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 17. And it gives us a clear call as Christians to rid ourselves from distractions. And so I would like to read with you from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. And if you don't have your Bibles readily available, uh, just you can listen to it and allow God to speak to you through it. So 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10 says, Now I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree in what you say, that there be no divisions among you, and that you be united with the same understanding and the same conviction. For it has been reported to me about you, my brothers and sisters, by members of Chloe's people, that there is rivalry among you. What I'm saying this is that one of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in Paul's name? Thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one can say you were baptized in my name. I did, in fact, baptize the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't recall if I baptized anyone else. <laughs> kind of forgot about one there. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with eloquent wisdom, so that the cross of Christ will not be emptied of its effect. Paul begins right away in this passage by saying that we must agree and have no divisions. No divisions. You see, he goes then on and says that there's divisions happening. Some of you say that you're following after this man or you're following after this man. And why was that? Well, in the day that Paul lived, in, in Jesus' time, if you were baptized, you were baptized to become a follower of that person. That's why when Jesus came, he was baptizing because he was creating followers of him. That's what a disciple was. And so when you were baptized, you now became a follower of Paul, or you became a follower of Crispus or Apollos. But what Paul was saying was, stop a second here, guys. This is not why we came to you. We didn't come to make followers of ourselves. We came to make followers of Jesus. When we baptized you, we baptized you into becoming a follower of Christ. Things are different now. It wasn't like when Jesus came. When, when they baptized you, you became a follower of whoever it was. Now we come baptizing you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You are now a Christ follower. Stop arguing. Stop getting distracted by who your leader is. You have one leader. 
You're not a follower of anything but one, Jesus. Stop getting distracted. You're not a follower of anyone but Jesus now. Stop getting distracted. Don't lose sight of who you're following. Because when you lose sight of what is important, you get distracted and you start running after the wrong thing. You start trying to promote something that doesn't point to Jesus. We're here to point people to Jesus. When I read that this week, when I read that, that story, it never was quite this clear to me before. It was as if the Holy Spirit came in and turned that light bulb inside my head on. You see, we have lost in America sight of what is important. Now again, I am not trying to go against anybody who is trying to to fight for a viewpoint that is godly, that is important. Again, we need people who are in the political realm. We need people who are in the educational areas. We need people who are in law enforcement. We need people in all aspects of our culture because they need the light of Jesus shown in them. But when we start fighting for one particular view and we get so caught up in that we line ourselves up with that, ultimately, we have lost sight of Jesus. Because we start fighting for that viewpoint or we start fighting for that political party. And pretty soon, we're getting so caught up in trying to fight for that Jesus has been left to the wayside. Jesus is gone. Again, the solution to this, the the solution to what's important and not losing sight is Jesus. Paul states this right at the end. Christ did not send me to baptize or to, again, gain personal followers, but to preach the gospel, to gain Christ followers. That's what preaching the gospel is. It's telling the person, here's where you're going. Your sins, and every single person has sins in their life. They, every single person, I don't care who you are or how good you've been to society, one mess up makes you followers of the enemy of Christ. We have lost our ways, according to Isaiah. But Christ came, and the gospel message is he came, he lived a perfect life, he died for us, and he conquered death. He didn't stay dead like everybody else would. He rose from the grave, and he conquered it. And when we believe in him, we're saved. That is the gospel that is what, that's what Paul preached, that we need to believe that and be saved. We believe that. And so that's what Paul did. He didn't come to make followers of himself. He came to make followers of Jesus. That is so good. As Paul would conclude, and I love this, this is found in verses 24 and 25 
of 1 Corinthians 1. He said, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. He is the power of God, the wisdom of God. Because God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. If we want to change the world, which I hope every person listening to this today does, I hope that you want to see our world impacted by Christ Our world is a dark place right now, full of anger towards the other side. If you say, I am this political party, the other side hates you. If you say, I believe that this is important for every person to do, you're going to have people who hate you. The only way to break up this anger in the world is by proclaiming Christ. Because He is the power of God. He is the wisdom of God. And he is the only one that can change our world. And let me tell you, friends, if you are hated because of that, if people dispel you and say you're lunatic, you're crazy, because you rely on Christ's power and wisdom, then so be it. So be it. You can't change a person's heart. Only they can. Only Christ can work inside of them to change them. But we know that Jesus is the answer to this world's dark and evil dilemma that we find ourselves in. And so today we need to run to Jesus. Let's change our world by focusing on Jesus. Sure, have your political ideology. Sure, have your your educational thoughts. Sure, have your ideas on whether face masks are good or evil. Sure, the list can go on. We have the right and the freedom to have personal opinions. But let the world know what you are for in Jesus before anything else. Before anything else. Preach Christ and Him crucified. Let the world know that and see what God does. Let's focus on Him. And let me tell you, friends, wherever God has called you in this life, you have been called to bring people to Jesus wherever that is, whether you are a worker at a grocery store, whether you're at a school, whether you're a police officer, whether you own your own business, or whether you're a stay-at-home parent. Wherever God has called you, you have been called to bring people to Jesus. That is why God has left you on this earth. I say this all the time, but it's so true. If the moment you came to faith in Jesus, you had accomplished all that God has for you, he would take you up in that moment. But he hasn't. You have been left on earth to help other people know Jesus. So that is why we're here. That is why you go to work every day and you slide that card through or you're punching that number to say, I'm on the clock now. 
Yes, you make money, and yes, you serve, and you honor your business that you work for. But first and foremost, your job as a follower of Jesus is to honor Jesus and to help others come to know him. Whether that's standing next to a guy flipping burgers or next to a person in a cubicle calling people or taking orders. You have been called to let people know about Jesus. Let's focus on him. Let's run to him with all we have. And in this season where we find ourselves surrounded by distractions, right? Like distractions are everywhere trying to get us to go down this road or to make us feel like we're a horrible person because we believe that and now all of a sudden I'm a horrible person. We need to get away from these distractions because they are destroying our insides. They're bringing death to us every day. Get rid of these distractions Step away from the screen and step to Jesus. I know you're getting sick of me saying this, but Jesus is the answer. He is the power and he is the wisdom of God to change our world. And the only way we'll see our nation change, the only way we'll see our community change, the only way we'll see our neighborhood change, the only way we'll see our family changed is if Jesus does a mighty work. And that work begins within us. And so today, my call for you is to let Jesus come in and do a work inside of you. Shut off those screens and open up God's word and let him speak to you and spend some time seeking him. He will bring peace, he will bring power, and he will bring wisdom. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this reminder, God, that you are the power. You are the wisdom. You bring peace into this world of darkness, of disorder, of chaos. God, and I pray that every person who is listening today, God, would be reminded again and again and again that you have conquered this earth and you have given them that power to conquer in their lives. And Jesus, that they would remember today that you have a plan and a purpose for them. And that is a great plan. And that is a great purpose, God. A purpose that is beyond anything they could imagine or dream. And God, that purpose is to bring many people into the kingdom of God through Jesus. And so God, today, release that into their spirit. Release that into their heart. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us again, Nexus Church Family Online, and we look so forward to seeing you again next week. See you then.